worship the Lord with us. Amen. In the name of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, uh, we are going to go to... Second Kings six one through four. Second Kings, chapter six one through four. Thank you, Sister Susan, for that beautiful song. Amen. Hallelujah. In the end, all that's going to matter. Do we have Jesus? Not going to matter whether we have a nice house, a nice car. Not going to matter. Amen. Praise God. Second Kings six one through four. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Amen. I've been teaching on the Bible. Amen. This is a great example of, of, uh, of English and how it's changed over the years. Amen. I, would, uh, I love the King James. I love the King James. The King James was the version that uh, used the most scholars at the time. Uh, more scholars were used than any other version before King James. And it was the authoritative version longer than any other version's ever been. King James was the authoritative version from 1611 until, you know, uh, until the late 1900s. Even today, many believe King James is still the authoritative version. And I, would, I wouldn't argue with them if they feel such. But this is a great example of English that was in the, ninth, in the 1600s that doesn't apply to us today. In the 1600s, everyone knew what it meant when you said it's too straight for us. But today, we don't use that word for this meaning. Uh, um, the Hebrew word for straight is sar, T-S-A-R, and it means narrow or tight or crowded. It's too, it's too narrow a place for us. The New uh, American Standard updated says, Now the sons of the prophet said to Elijah, Behold, now the place before you where we are living is too limited for us. And so it's used an adjective that kind of uh, blankets everything. It's too limited whether it's because it's too crowded, too narrow, it's, it's too limited for what we're doing. Too small, there you go. Uh, uh, but King James says too straight because they understood what that meant in the 1600s. Um, anyway, that was free, didn't cost you all anything. So let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan and take thence every man a beam and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, go ye. Again, a beam would be take a, a large piece of wood, take a beam. We, we know what that means today. but, but um, uh, And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. That's, that's uh, uh, Elisha. And he said, and he, so he went with them, and they came to Jordan, and they cut down the wood. And we'll, we'll read some more uh, later. But let's pray. God, give us room for more. Amen. If, if something is too small in our lives, God, if our faith is too small, give us room for more, Lord. Hallelujah. 
that great things could come of your work of your spirit. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. You may be seated. Hmm. There is a painting. Oh, I cannot remember what the title of it is. But it is um, the painting of Christ on the cross. It was by Rembrandt. It's in the um, National Gallery in Washington, D.C. And um, they're, taking, they're taking down the dead body from the cross. And people are all gathered around. And, and uh, um, Mary is there, <clears throat> just full of sorrow. And uh, how Rembrandt would do certain things to bring light into a sorrowful picture is, is in this painting, there's a boy carrying like a pitcher or something. And, and some light is shining off the picture and it's reflecting onto the face of Christ. And that's how he would bring light into, you know, painting. It's pretty, it's interesting. But uh, um, it's not a unique painting. Um, he, Rembrandt, had a studio where artists would come and they would take his paintings and they would copy it. And they, he wanted them to, you know, he would use it as a display painting and others would come. And so there's other famous artists who have the same subject, have the same, it's obviously not the same painting, but have the same thing. Jesus being taken off the cross, Mary's weeping, Somebody's holding something that light reflects and shines on. You know, it's, it's, it's a very common theme because it was one of Rembrandt's paintings that he used to teach other paintings in his studio. Interesting, isn't it? And so if you ever wonder, how come I've seen this same painting before, but it's not by Rembrandt? Uh, uh, that would be the reason because some of these famous artists had studios where they would teach other artists. Uh, and so with that in mind, Elisha had a school of prophets. People came and they would learn under Elisha. He was the master prophet. And so they would learn. Think of it as a preacher's Bible college, you know, where you have the best of the best preachers. I, don't, uh, you, I, I hear it. They maybe even mentioned it at Winter Fire, uh, Jerry uh, Jones, Brother Jones, has been the secretary of the United Pentecostal Church, I'm, I want to say, for two decades. He's been the secretary of the United Pentecostal Church for a long, long time. Great man. Uh, uh, loves preaching. And he's resigned. He's no longer going to be part of that, part of the organization in that step. The reason is, is because the, the uh, uh, Bible College, uh, uh, the Urshan uh, graduate, the uh, uh, seminary uh, has become fully accredited, and then the four-year college under that uh, that used to be part of the St. Louis uh, uh, Bible College has now become accredited as well. And so the United Pentecostal Church has an accredited four-year undergraduate college uh, with the Urshan uh, uh, Seminary attached to it. And so Brother Jones is going to go and he's going to teach uh, there at that uh, at that college. So that's pretty neat, pretty neat, you know, pretty cool stuff when you think about it. Um, um, uh, because of they're they're teaching young people. Remember, uh, in, in church, I have no problem. I obviously with education. I like education, 
and, and somebody having a career, but for, for so long, uh, careers were kind of frowned upon. Uh, if you're a young man and you felt like you wanted to do something, then that meant you were called to preach and you went to Bible college and you helped a minister out somewhere. And it, uh, uh, otherwise, just, just have a family and, and work on a job. Don't, don't focus on a career. Uh, that's obviously no longer the, the, uh, the modus operandi. If you feel you're called to have a career, whether it's a, uh, we have you know, Pentecostal men and women in, in, uh, in Washington, D.C. We, we heard one speak who's, who is an ambassador uh, uh, at the um, uh, UN, United Nations. Uh, believe me, I, I was going to say a League of Nations, and that's League of Nations is what the UN was at the end of World War II. <laughs> and I must have just read something about that. But, uh, and so there's nothing wrong with, with the career. Nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, and so we have, for example, Brother Jones is going to teach young men and women who want to have a career in something. He's going to teach them. Uh, it's the same spirit that we have here with Elisha the master. He's teaching young men and uh, perhaps women who want to be prophets. He's teaching them. But the place, it's too tight, it's too narrow, it's too, it's too small, uh, it's too crowded. Uh, for, for whatever reason, uh, uh, they need to build on. They need to move. They need to uh, uh, go to some place where there's more room to grow. Uh, uh, because uh, where they're at, they're not able to grow. Uh, and so they have a plan. It's beautiful. It's simple. Uh, it's 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 powerful. Everyone does something. That's the plan. Everyone does something, whether you're big or small, whether you're young or retired, uh, whether you're working, whether you're a student, whether you're middle aged. Uh, uh, no matter what, everyone does something. Amen. In, in church, we all can't give the same. We all can't do the same. We're all not as strong as, uh, or we are stronger than others. We're, we're, no one's the same. But we all can carry a load. We all can do something. Amen. Without being overloaded. Right? Uh, the Lord isn't asking, uh, Elijah didn't say, we need the strong men to carry everything until their backs are broken, and we need everyone to do nothing. We need everyone to do what you can do. Amen. I still recall when we were clearing uh, during that one winter uh, here to build the property, and I still in my mind's eye can recall uh, Brother Bill and Dick Paget up here with their, uh, uh, with their, uh, I can't, remember, you know, their weed cutters, clippers. Yeah, does anyone remember that? Uh, they, 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 they couldn't uh, carry a chainsaw and cut down trees like Brother Mike was, you know. But, but they did what they could do, right? They did what they could do because because everyone wanted to do something. Amen. I think about uh, two of these chairs 
uh, were purchased by my grandfather before he passed away. Remember that, Sister Bag? He gave us a check. He wanted to know, how much are the, the, the chairs that you're buying? Oh, they're whatever they were. Uh, I'm, well, I want to buy two, you know. He wanted, he wanted to do something. Uh, uh, it's, it's so important uh, that we all do something, no matter how strong or weak you are, no matter how young or old you are, we all can carry some kind of load for the kingdom of God without being overloaded. Uh, they went to the river. They cut down a tree. They carried it to the top of the hill. And no doubt some trees were heavier than others, but everyone did something. Everyone carried a load. They cut down what they could carry. Uh, we all can do our part. Listen, uh, everyone can pray. Everyone can fast. Everyone can do their part in seeking the face of God. Uh, I, I really am convinced that the Lord has a place for us physically. I am convinced of that. I don't know where it's going to be. But I do believe that, that the chapter of this building on this hill has come to an end and, and that God wants us to be elsewhere. I do believe that. Amen. Uh, uh, but we've got to do our part. We've got to do our part to, to see that come to pass. Amen. We need to be praying. We need to be seeking the face of God. We need to be asking God to open a door. Church, just because something is the will of God doesn't mean that it's going to happen. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. We still have to open doors. Amen. Do you think it was God's will that people were people repented and were baptized in Jesus' name on the day of Pentecost? Do you think that was God's will? But would they have been if Peter didn't preach? You see, somebody still had to do something. Amen. Somebody still had to fill in the gap. Somebody still had to get on the highway that God had already built. Amen. Somebody still needed to enter that road. Amen. And do the will of God. Amen. Somebody still had to go down to the river and cut down the trees. Amen. In order for it to be built. In this story that we read in 2 Kings. And so we read about one man doing his part. One man doing, uh, uh, doing his part. Amen. Uh, uh, verse 5, verse, well, we'll start at 4. So he went with them, Elijah went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, where fell it? Boy, it's almost like you're reading Shakespeare sometimes, you know. <laughs> where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Wow. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand, and he took it. And so this man who's doing his part is cutting down some wood, cutting down a tree by the river, and he lost the axe head. 
And furthermore, it was borrowed. It wasn't even his. I don't know if he would have been as upset if it was his, but because he had borrowed it, uh, 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 he felt anguish. He cried out. You see, he lost the power. Uh, he, it wasn't just going, uh, if he had a, anyone, I was horrible at cutting wood as a kid. Um, uh, I wasn't great at hand-eye coordination, and so uh, many times when I would swing that axe, uh, I would miss that wood completely, and, and, and the axe, you know, the, 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 the wood, the handle would hit the wood instead of the, instead of the axe. Uh, 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 anyone here, I know I'm not the only one who ever did that, you know, of course, right? Boy, yeah, it would sting your hands, and if you had a cheap axe with a cheap handle, uh, that handle would, you know, start to, to wear off right there at the axe head, and then uh, uh, there was one time where, where I, I broke the handle uh, because I was so bad at swinging that axe. Uh, if you if you've ever tried it, I I can tell you that you aren't going to cut any wood with just an axe handle. An axe handle can't cut wood, right? Uh, you need the you need the axe. You need the you need the blade. You need the weight of that blade, and you need to to take some momentum, amen, and use that lever power and 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 cut that wood uh, uh, with the power of that blade. Uh, it, Otherwise, you're just going to uh, chip some bark off that old tree. Uh, you see, that axe, it really does symbolize Jesus Christ. Brother Ted, did I even turn this on? I did not. Okay. There we go. There we go. And, and so the axe, it really does symbolize the Holy Ghost, church. You uh, Listen, we all have some talent. We all uh, have some abilities. We all... Uh, many of us may be dripping with talent, but without the Holy Ghost, without the Holy Ghost, we can do nothing. We, can, we, we aren't really making any difference in anyone's lives if we don't have the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost and power, amen, to do something. Without it, we are a horseman without a horse in a horse race. We must realize it. We've got to realize Amen, that without the power of the Holy Ghost, we're like frogs in boiling water. We're like frogs in boiling water. Uh, they say uh, that fish don't really recognize the temperature of the water they're in because they're cold-blooded. We can't be cold-blooded when it comes to the power of God. We've got to be able to realize, I need more of God. I need more of His power, more of His presence I need more of God's authority, ability. I need more of God's will in my life. I need to present my body a living sacrifice. We need to do all these things. Amen. We need to realize, hallelujah, that there's got to be some power in our lives. And, and, if, and if we've grown cold, if we've, if we've grown lukewarm, God, give us the ability to recognize, amen, to realize that we've lost Something. Amen. Thankfully, the man stopped standing there at the tree, uh, hitting it with his axe handle. You know, thank God he was smart enough to realize. Amen. I've lost some power. 
I've lost something here. I've lost some anointing. I've lost some ability. I've lost hope. I've lost faith. I've lost, I've lost the belief that God can do all things. I've, I've lost it somewhere. Amen. Amen. I am praying for those uh, who have lost their way because of the confusion uh, of half-truths and compromises. I'm praying for those who have gone so deep into the cesspool of sin uh, that they have lost their faith in God. I'm praying for those who have lost uh, uh, their vision of a revival, their vision of what God wants to use them for. Uh, isn't that why we're here? Is so God can just uh, fill us with an anointing and an ability to do something for his kingdom. There is, there cannot be, amen, a, a acceptance of anything less. Because if there is, we're just swinging an axe handle. And nothing will fall, amen. Nothing that's in our way will ever get out of our way if all we do is swing axe handles. We need God's power. We need God's ability. We need God's authority. And so the master says, where did you lose it? Where did you lose your desire? Where did you lose your burden? Where did you lose your love for God's word? Where did you lose your love for God's worship? Where did you lose your love for church, where did you lose it? Go back and find it. Go back and find that first love. Go back and find that prayer life. Go back and find that faithfulness to church and to God and to God's word. Go back and find that burden that you once had and pick it up. Don't just look at it, but, 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 but pick it up. Where did you lose it? Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And so Eli Elisha takes some wood and he casts it. And he casts it. Verse 6, And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and he cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. Go back to the cross, church. I'm not preaching anything that, that you haven't already realized or thought about if you've read this. That, that, that stick represents the cross. It represents the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, the cross still has the power. <laughs> that axe head must have sunk deep down in the mire, that old river. Amen. I know that, that, that uh, uh, many of you have, from one time or another in your life, had a chance to go to an old river, perhaps to go fishing, to go swimming, to do something. And, and it's one of the old rivers that we have up here in the Northeast. And it's just full of slime. It's full of grime. It's, it's, you wouldn't want to eat a fish if you caught it out of the river. You know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, I just think about the Jordan that way, that that old axe had just sunk down into that miry slime and grime and, 
and, uh, and, and sludge and mud, and it, it buried itself. It doesn't, isn't that what sin does in our lives, that muck and that mire? Oh, the power that this world has over the lost today. Uh, the, the cesspool of sin that is out there today. Listen, church, sinners need a God who can save them. Sinners need a God who can save. Hallelujah. In church, there is nothing like the power of that old tree. There's nothing like the power of that old cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To reach down, amen, and touch, amen, a person's life. It's not just for sinners either, church. We all need to revisit the tree. We all need to revisit the cross. We all need to revisit Amen. That moment that Jesus claimed, hallelujah, all the sins of this world and died on that cross so we could be saved. Amen. It really is, when you think about it, the power of communion. We've, we, we've taken communion. We took communion here a few weeks ago in Connecticut. And church, there is something about the power of remembering what Jesus did for us that he was broken, that he was bruised, amen, that by his stripes we are healed, amen, that his blood was shed on Calvary. Church, it's not a myth, it's not a story. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh, died on that cross. He died, he stopped breathing. Hallelujah, they buried him in a borrowed man's tomb. They covered the entrance Hallelujah, he was dead. But the laws of nature have no power over him. Death could not hold him. The grave could not keep him. Hell had no power over him. They were suspended. The laws of nature were suspended with that axe head. The miry clay could not hold it. The muck and the mire and the mud couldn't hold it because when that tree came into the came you know into the story came into the picture it had to let go of that axe head the muck and the mire and the gravity all had to let go and it's not just that that axe head didn't just float to the top i mean that's that's enough of a miracle but the bible says the axe head swam it swam. Amazing. Amen. That God would go to where I'm at. Hallelujah. Stuck in the muck and the mire of a life without Jesus Christ. That God would find me in my worst state. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You see, church, that was part of the power of the Word. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and it was the part of the power of obedience. Hallelujah. The, the Word of the cross, the Bible says, is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are saved, it's the power of God. Hallelujah. That cross may be foolishness to your coworker. Oh, but I'm saved by it. Amen. Oh, thank you, God, for that 
cross. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that you weren't out of reach, that you came to where we were at, that all we had to do is reach out and take it. Reach out and take it. The Bible doesn't say that that axe had leaped out of that water and jumped into that man's hand. The man had to take it. Right? Hallelujah. Take it up, verse 7. Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and he took it. Well, I want to tell you, this is such a preaching story. Hallelujah. Church, just because Jesus died on the cross doesn't mean everyone's saved. Just because Jesus shed his blood doesn't mean everyone's healed and doesn't mean everyone's going to heaven. I mean, the Lord himself said, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, right? What's that, uh, uh, Matthew 7 and 21? Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God, but those who obey my commands. There is something to obeying what the Lord has to say. Praise God. We still have to reach out and take Jesus. We still have to get on his road. We still have to make that conscious decision that we are going to follow him. Amen. What shall wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, what will make me whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Church, I want to take it up. When we do communion, we're taking it up. We're taking up his blood. We're taking up the cross. We're taking up his broken body. We're taking it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in church. He's not very far from any one of us. He's as close as the mention of his name. Thank you, Jesus. Church, I believe it's the same way with us, with the revival that we want, with the way that we want to affect our community. <clears throat> Amen. My parents' church, they, they uh, do um, soup and salad on one, one Thursday a month. And, uh, and it's really cool because it's a nice little quaint community. A lot of the community goes and they'll eat soup and salad. They'll all, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. <clears throat> and... Uh, I was asking, I was asking them, you know, is what's what's the purpose? What's the purpose of this? Uh, you know, is it to is it to try to get people to join your church? And uh, they said, no, not really. It's it's just we just want to feed the community. There's there's people who don't have a lot of money, uh, who we just want to make sure they have a good meal. I love it. I love it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I actually got to go last time I had to visit my mom, mom and dad for something. And, uh, and they were having it. And so I, I went. And, uh, uh, and my best friend as a kid, Tiny Cadwell, Hamilton Cadwell, his mom was there. And I hadn't seen her since uh, Big Al passed away. And uh, so I went by and hugged her neck and, you know, how you doing? It's, so, it's been five years since I'd seen her. And 
And uh, she said, Johnny, <laughs> it's so good to see you. She said, uh, Tiny's wife's name is Doreen. She said, I'm, I'm so glad I saw you. Would you pray for Doreen's mom? I said, yeah, what's going on? She said, she just had a stroke yesterday. And, uh, and they've taken her to the hospital. She's on life support. And they're all going to the hospital. And, and uh, she said, would you pray, pray for her? So we stood there for a moment. And, you know, I held her hand. And, and we just prayed for, for this lady uh, together. Amen. Church, we all can do something to help somebody who's hurting. We all can do something to reach out. Amen. And touch somebody with love and kindness and compassion. Amen. And, and let God do the rest. But church, if we don't do anything, no one's ever going to be touched by this gospel. If we don't do something for the kingdom, amen, church, I believe God will allow his presence to swim over to them. I believe God will, will allow his anointing to swim over to somebody who needs God. But we've got to get the cross in the water. We've got to, we've got to cut down the tree. We've got to do something. Hallelujah. Anything to reach our community, to have revival, to, to, to have people healed, to have people saved, to have people touched by the kingdom of God. Amen. To reach out to those highways and byways. I want to reach out, church. I want to take it. I want to do something for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. I don't want to stay where I'm at. I don't want to stay where I'm at. It's too small. It's too small. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, let's stand this morning. Thank you, Lord. So, in this story, verse 3 says, And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. Now, that's kind of hard to understand if you're just, if you're just kind of reading through it, you know. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Verse 2, let's go back to it. And let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he, and he answered, Go. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he said, I'll go. What, what that basically is saying is, everyone, as everyone is leaving the small place, and they're locking up, you know, Elisha's still there. And the last one out stops and turns to Elisha and says, Elisha, will you come with us? Will you come with us? That's what it's saying. And Elisha says, will you come with your servants? And Elisha says, I will come. I'll come. Amen. Church, if Jesus doesn't build this boat, if Jesus doesn't do the anointing, if Jesus doesn't give us the ability and the power, amen, then we don't want to do anything. Amen. I don't want to go if he's not going. I don't want to do a work if he's not going to be involved in the work. Amen. Except the Lord build the house, right? 
our works in vain. I don't want to do something that's in vain. I want to do something that lasts. I want to do something that really does touch somebody's life. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's pray this morning. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Lord, what can I do for your kingdom? What can I do? Hallelujah. What can I do, Lord? Hallelujah. I know that I may not be able to carry as big a beam as somebody else, but Lord, I can do something. Hallelujah. I can do something. God, do you want me to begin to pray that you would open the door for a building that's in the perfect spot? Lord, do you want me to, to fast a meal a week or a day a week? Lord, that you would open a door to a ministry to help those that are addicted, Lord. What do you want me to do? How big a beam can my family carry? God, you want me to make a financial commitment to a building fund. What do you want me to do, Lord? What can I do? What, what great work, Lord, can I do? Because whatever it is, Lord, I need you involved. Because if you're not, I'm just cutting down trees with an axe handle. And that'll get me nowhere, Lord. Hallelujah. But if you'll anoint it, if you'll empower it, Lord, we can build anything for your kingdom, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.